0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 through the Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And he's alive. He's alive and kicking after a, a heart procedure that a lot of people were wondering about. Brian, how how to come out?
2: Well, thank you Robert appreciate that is I say the right word here catheterization is that right
1: catheterization yeah,
2: yeah yeah like okay if you could see and I don't know if people could see they went oh, through I can my, see it they went through my wrist they went through mm-hmm. my wrist to get through my heart and uh so yeah they 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 did some uh they did a procedure you're actually awake while this thing is going on which is which Don't is like, like crazy in itself. I was kind of at the corner of my eye I was watching the doctor go through my vein and then get to my heart and then and then you could kind of see him like go through all the, the various parts. They're looking for blockage and things like that. And if you have blockage then they uh either put in a stent or they put a balloon in there and I needed either one. So I felt uh, very blessed, very fortunate. Uh, you know, that uh, that I didn't have to, to do that. But it puts you to the point, though, Bobby, when you get to a certain age, like me being 59 now and they're doing heart work on you and stuff, like maybe I need to lay off the brisket sandwiches and the <laughs> pizza and things like that. So uh going to try and take better care of myself. And uh, and my son, Bennett, encouraged me. He's like, Dad, I need you around. So those are the kinds of things that you kind of you play on. And I, I really do appreciate all the – very talented men and women out there, the doctors, the nurses and stuff that, that do this and, and can put us all back together or check on us. And, and, uh, it is a great relief to know that, uh, that I didn't have any blockage, which I was really, really scared about.
1: Well, it is great news. We're all very happy. And thank you. What Appreciate you guys that. have to know thank is you. that it would take a heart procedure to keep Brian Broaddus away from a mini camp practice like <laughs> happened on <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, I, I think that's, it. and and you know what? It was only enough to keep him away for a day because he's up there at the Star in Frisco on Wednesday with me and uh, Zach Wolchuk, our other teammate from 105 Through the Fan. And we were out at Cowboys uh, minicamp practices, mandatory camp. So uh, there is 100% participation this time around. A couple players were missing from OTAs. I think they were actually in the building. We just didn't see them at all. Yeah. Uh, you were seeing everybody this time around. Trayvon Diggs was out of practice um Demarcus Lawrence was not practicing today uh he'll be ready for training camp he told a couple of reporters standing by the locker uh that he had a scope on his knee this offseason and that uh he was still recovering from that um but a couple different uh headlines coming out of uh minicamp this week Brian first off uh before you get to practice takeaways probably the biggest headline this week is that after spending OTAs at left tackle, after Mike Solari told us Tyler Smith was a left tackle, he comes into minicamp this week, and he is playing left guard. And the Cowboys are talking about this as it's just keeping him sharp and having him work both. Um, I I still think Tyler Smith's future is at left tackle. But it is interesting to know, Brian, when they give you those little rosters out at uh, Cowboys practice, uh, the only player who has a slash – and double positions next to his name is Tyler Smith. He is listed as a guard tackle or a tackle guard, one of them. Um, but you you look at that list, and they seem pretty committed to the flexibility of Tyler Smith. So he was inside at left guard. Tyron Smith was at left tackle. Matt Willett's go at right tackle. Uh, practice today, Tyron Smith sat out. The left tackle was Chumi Doga for most of the day, who had taken all his reps at guard, I believe, during OTAs. Uh, but, Brian, your thoughts on just some of the shuffling we're seeing along the offensive line here through these first couple uh, offseason practices?
2: Yeah, you know, any time that they tell you position flex, I just – at one time I really wanted to buy it. I really wanted to embrace it. and But the more I've gotten uh, going through this, I always felt like that if you had position flex, you weren't really – great at one position they were they were always looking for a spot but this is you know it's funny because the Cowboys they've always talked about you know with the offensive line continuity and they've always it was fantasy football when you move guys around and you know and then you start to suffer with some injuries and the next thing you know you're having to uh you know you're having to make these adjustments but it's a full-on embrace now with this offensive line and and oh well hey we've got this left tackle that can play right guard and we've got this right guard that can play left tackle and we've got this you know the center that can play tack you know it's just it's they they have embraced the the position flex and it always reminds me of of a guy you know like they they overpaid for a guy that had position flex Tyrone Crawford he had position flex he was a he was a tackle. He was an in. You know, he got banged up. They tried to play him at spots, and oh no, he's a tackle. Rod Marinelli thinks he could be a great three technique, and they paid for that. And you know, so ever since then, I've just kind of been very leery of, of if that's the right word. I hope I use yeah. there that you know that when you start to talk about this position flex stuff, that you know it's but this time of year you can do this. You know, OTAs, mini camps. You can you could you could take looks at guys at different spots and see if you can actually have a fit. You know we've seen Dan Quinn do it with some of his his defenders. So the offensive line, yeah, it's it's a long way now from when they used to tell us about continuity and you think this is fantasy football. They are completely embracing that for sure.
1: So uh, I think that that's definitely they're just they're in an exploration phase right now. They're trying to figure out as many combinations as they can and do as much as they can without Terrence Steele out there. Who Mike McCarthy told us this week they are not sure if he'll be ready to go uh, at the start of training camp. He may be a little behind, so that'll be something worth monitoring. Uh, but in terms of day two of mini camp practices, man, these almost felt a, almost felt more uneventful than even the OTA practices did. It, it felt like there was less to to consume and less to see the normal. But one thing did stand out. I know when I was standing out there watching, it was the thing that jumped off the the field to me. And it was something that I was texting you and Zach Wolchuk about. And then when I got out of practice, I saw three or four or five other people talking about the same thing. So I think it stood out to everybody. And that is Brandon Cooks is freaking fast. Yeah. Is blowing by people on these vertical routes in these practices. And that is Every single bit of 4-3. I've always said that speed is one of the things that when you have elite speed, that really stands out uh, when you're watching a practice if somebody has that. Because these NFL athletes, everybody's fast. Everybody's a freak. So when you are out there running by everybody, it's like, whoa, what, what's what's going on here? And that's Brandon Cooks. So I'm really excited about him. And also at the same time, and we'll get into maybe a little bit, bit of this next segment, also at the same time a little – little bummed out that we're going to waste that vertical threat on a uh, slant flats uh west coast timing everything underneath offense.
2: Well, we we've 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 kind of heard it's a combination of this offense was going to be a little bit of a combination of what they had in previous times but with some new additions with the west coast stuff. So, yeah. you know what did Dak call it uh Texas Coast today? Texas Coast so, yeah, I just you know, I I think there's I think that where we'll see difference, Bobby, I really really believe this. I think you'll see the slants and the flats and things like that, but where I think that the difference will be I think they're going to leave the passing game the same. I think they're going to leave the routes the same. Where I think they're going to be different is how they run the football. And I, I believe that in their offseason study, when they got together as coaches, they had to figure out what the disconnect was for their ability to run the football in the second half of the season. And I think there's some things in the passing game they absolutely love that Dak can do and Dak is comfortable with. You know, we talk about, we make jokes about the option routes and things like that, but I think there's some there's some things that they are going to keep in this passing game where, like I say, the difference will be in the running game. And so, uh, you know, if, if taking uh, Brandon Cooks on a vertical route because they know he can run by any corners that he plays against and they don't try that, then that's that's scheme malpractice right there. And I don't think they want to commit scheme malpractice. I think they want to find ways. The great example, all they have to do is look across the line of scrimmage and see what taking advantage of your players can do on defense. That, that, yeah. that, if you're an offensive coach, all you have to do is look at what Dan Quinn and those defensive coaches do with their personnel and it, and it should be is the blinking light that you should try and do some similar things with your offensive players. And if you're trying to make Brandon Cooks run inside routes and slants and things like that at his
0: size, and that would be, again, that's malpractice. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: A little bit of a scary moment uh, when C.D. Lamb came up limping uh, after a catch during 7 on 7. Now, he, it was his left leg. He kind of went over to the sideline. And then I saw him kind of cross over his leg, yeah. stretch, and Jim's standing there. It looked like cramps to me. Jim yeah. walked over there and didn't even, that's the the Cowboys trainer, didn't even bother working on him. Just sat there talking yeah. to C.D. and watching him. That, to me, says cramps if he's just trusting C.D. to stretch it out on his own. He's sitting there watching. Yeah, but see, uh, I, I, I reached out. It's yeah. cramps. I
2: reached out to the. Uh, I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm running all over you there. No, you're good. I reached out to uh, a couple of guys I know on the medical staff just to make sure, and they were they were adamant. I said, "Hey, 88 good." And the answer back was, "88 is fine." So yeah. I think we're just dealing with. I think with what we're dealing with right now is just cramps, Bobby. Yeah,
1: and and he did. Well, he didn't go right back out there. He did get in, and I know I've seen some conflicting reports on this, but he did go back out there. I, I saw him get back in a couple reps in seven on seven. So he went right back out there and ran. And when he was leaving, he was uh, joking around. Dak Prescott was doing his media availability, and he said something like, "We love Dak Prescott," and like was you know joking as he was walking out. So he seemed fine. Uh, So I know there are going to be some questions about Ceedee Lamb, but he he looks to be okay. Anything else stand out to you while you were practice today? Any uh, anything that people were you know way guys were being used or some of the things you saw from different players?
2: Yeah, you know. I wrote a couple down, Bobby, because again, I mean, because I have the radio show, I only really get to watch an hour of practice. So, what I try to do in that period where they're working on like scheme and down and distance breakdowns and things, I was just trying to kind of chart some things. And I noticed in a situation when they were doing their team stuff that on a, on a third and fourth situation, they specifically sent Deuce Vaughn into the game. You know they, 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 they like you you. They're getting ready. The play's over. It's you know and you hear the down and distance. Third and four, third and four. You hear them. You know say that, and then you immediately see Deuce Vaughn run onto the field. And then get into the huddle. He only ran like a little like a little check check route, little spot route, you know, and then actually got corrected afterwards because he didn't get deep enough, you know, on the routes. His base for it wasn't very good and they were kind of getting on him and he needed to get a little further and get his base a little bit better. I also noticed when they went fourth and three, and again, this is no uh, this is no Pollard playing. So if they get in a situation where it's fourth and three, and Ronald Jones now gets sent onto the field and then they run a you know they run a flood route to the right and you know to get the uh, to get the first down out of the slot, you know going to the right deck kind of moves the pocket and they throw the ball uh, kind of a sprint right option route would, would I, what I would call it, but they get the first down that way. So I was just trying to kind of keep an eye on uh what they were doing Diggs playing at the right corner uh you know watching him do that watching Gilmore play the left corner I was trying to kind of get a gauge of of how much uh Deron Bland was playing on the outside as opposed to the inside it looked like that he was doing a a, a lot of that uh I he was even uh looking a little bit at at some of the blitzing that they were doing and then you know uh the couple reps that uh Dante Fowler was in that they blitzed he call it fire zone where you drop the defender and blitz a guy and you try and cover for the blitzing defender and so that was Dante Fowler a couple different times dropped in coverage there so uh just kind of trying to kind of pick up little pieces here and there um, it looked like that Neville Gallimore got some work uh, with Oso Diggy at the one and the three. I saw uh, Cox getting some work with the ones also, also on defense uh, there. So, you know, they're trying to get some of these guys uh, involved in the action.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, just as you uh, list off some of those different things there, one of the things that I noticed today, and I, I know people have used the term springy, Uh, talking about Michael Gallup I'll be completely honest I've not seen Springy yet Um, just because I mean I don't think we've had the opportunity to see him really go up go vertical and show some of that but what I will say is I see clean movement from him like I was watching him run stuff in seven on seven today and he just looks to be moving more confidently moving more fluidly that I think is a really positive sign and I think you're seeing so far a couple of good practices now it's not the be-all, end-all, because we saw good practices from him early in training camp last year. But I think you're seeing some positive stuff from Jalen Tolbert. And, uh, you know, Dak Prescott talked about him today and said, you know, he's he's worked on a lot of stuff. And and you can tell he feels more comfortable than he did last year. Uh, during these OTAs and, and this mini camp practice, have, you, have they stood out to you at all, uh, Gallup and Tolbert? Or, or have you taken notice at all of how they're looking?
2: Yeah, it, you know, a lot of it, Bobby, is like I say, that period I get to watch is there's no – competition for the ball the guys are running routes and then Dak might hold the ball a tick or two longer and then he throws the ball to somebody breaking inside but there's no real competition there I'd say the advantage that Tolbert has now is this time last year he wasn't practicing at all so the OTAs the mini camps you know I feel like that he was getting uh, he was losing those reps And then they tried to throw him into the deep end of the pool last year at training camp, and I don't think he really grasped what he needed to do assignment-wise, you know. And when he, you know, this year he is getting more work. This year he is feeling more comfortable. Uh, This year he's practicing. He had the opportunity to go into the DAC yard and, you know, work with DAC a little bit and get some Uh, some reps there and have an understanding of route combinations. And, you know, if this this thing is a completely different offense, which, again, I said earlier, I don't think it is. You know, these receivers, it doesn't look like there's guys that are out there busting right now and things like that. But I think we're just at the very, very, the infancy of, you know, what we're going to see. But it's good to see, you know, Gallup out there. This is an important year for him. It really, really is. They can't afford him to have the type of season where his numbers were similar to Noah Brown's. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at Gallup last year, and you know, second receiver, his numbers were very similar to what Noah Brown's were. And yeah, Noah Brown won you the Cincinnati game. We've documented that a bunch. But if if his numbers, if 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 Michael Gallup's numbers are comparable to the fourth or fifth receiver on this roster, there's going to be some things, some decisions that are going to have to be made going forward.
1: Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think you could make a pretty strong case that for the entirety of the season or the entirety of the season that they were available, Noah Brown may have been a better player last year than Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup just was not very good last not year. Not the
2: same guy. And, and, and you know, the, the, he worked extremely hard with him and Britt Brown to try and come back. I don't think the confidence was very good, uh, you know, especially at the beginning. But there were a lot of games where Michael Gallup had a zero for yards next to his name. Far, yeah. far more than what that football team needed.
1: Yeah, you you can't have him doing that, especially, you know, after the financial investment they made him. One more thing before we uh, transition over to some of the stuff that was said uh, in the media on Wednesday. Uh, I, I know we kind of touched on this last week, but any concern that the – health limitations that have kept Luke Schoonmaker out of some of these practices could present a similar dilemma to the one you ran into last year with Tolbert. Yeah,
2: that's a good question because I actually was looking for him today and he was practicing. He was down on the JV field. Uh, you know, he wasn't in a boot and all that. So at least he was out there working. Uh, Linda Wells had him in the drills and things yeah, I, I, my hope he is... Was, he was out
1: of 7-on-7, seven seven, by the way. He was in the... Yeah, jugs, yeah. Just the, pre- early, he was the early practice that, that seven I seven. saw. The early practice yeah, yeah, that I yeah, saw. And that's, yeah, and that's why I was just letting you know. Just so you know, 7-on-7, seven seven, he did sit out. He did jugs machine.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hope not. Man, I, I just... I hope not. I, I just... I don't feel like that, you know, that it's... You know, they they need him. I mean, I, I've, I've... I'm the guy, I think, that's kind of been the champion for him... Being out there, being a starter, being a guy that when they get in twelve personnel, he's on the field. He stays on yeah. the field because he can receive the ball. And you know, I think he is a little bit of an underrated player when it comes to catching the football. So if if he if if this uh, if this plantar fasciitis if that turns into something long term that that limits the amount of work he gets. Boy, that's, that's going to be a, a big, big blow to this, uh, to this offense, in my opinion.
1: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.